Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. It's Psalm 133, 1 through 3. It's been kind of the basis for this series that we've been in. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Therefore, the Lord has commanded the blessing and life forevermore. We're here today over the last couple of weeks. We want to culminate today to speak a blessing over your families. Tell somebody, oh Lord, the Lord knows I need one. God has sanctioned and blessed a family and the devil hates it. You know why? Because he got kicked out of the family of God when he tried to supplant God himself. And so whenever the devil sees a healthy family, it is a reminder to him of what he's missed out on. You have to understand he's an angel, and angels cannot be redeemed. He's a fallen angel. He's jealous of us because a man can fall down 70 times, and he can get back up. And he he blew his one shot. So you have to understand he hates you. Tell somebody he hates you. And he hates what you represent because when he, when he sees you, he sees the Father. And when he sees the Father, he sees who he lost to. His fate has already been sealed. And so his design and his purpose for the rest of the time that he's allowed to roam the earth is to drag as many people to hell with him. And for those that he can't make go to hell, because see, see, the devil is realizing some of us, we're saved and we're not going back. Tell somebody, I'm not going back. And when he realizes that you're not going back, his next objective is to make you ineffective. So you, you may, I may not take you to hell, but you'll never take anybody to heaven with you. See, in some ways, he's still one. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So it's not just good enough, good enough for us to be saved and to get a ticket, get the golden ticket into heaven. If that were the case, as soon as we accepted Jesus, he could knock our lights out and we'd wake up in glory. But the fact that you're still here, anybody still here and you're glad about it? The fact that you're still here is testament to the fact that God has something left for you to do. There's still some glory he needs out of you. There's still a testimony he needs in the earth. He still needs you to be a billboard and an advertisement for the good of the kingdom of God. And so since you're here, you might as well live. Since you're still here, you might as well do some things for God's kingdom. And one way God allowed us to see, God doesn't deal in addition, God deals in multiplication. And so one way God deals in multiplication is, if there's an anointing on you, and you get together with your husband or your wife, and your anointing get together, now that's multiplied with two touch and agree. See, one can taste a thousand. God, Lord, let me teach you. One can taste a thousand, but two can taste ten thousand. See, that's exponential growth. See, if it was just addition, one can taste a thousand, two, two can taste ten thousand. Two, two, two can taste a thousand. But see, that's, you see that tenfold multiplication. So 
if that were the case, if God deals in multiplication like that, imagine if you, your husband, your children, your siblings, your aunt, your uncle, your grandmama, think if we all got together on one accord, think about the power that we would have. See, it's one thing for me to get with you, Sister Janet. Now, you're a sister in Christ with me. We're bound together by the blood of Jesus. But it's something when, when everybody named Robertson gets on the same accord. Because, see, there's a reason, God, that you be born into each other. So there's a special power when families get on one accord. See, God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of lineage people who are connected to each other so the connections that you have are important but tell somebody we've been fighting for the family but now it's time to be healed tell somebody tell, 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 tell somebody tell somebody it's time to be healed now you've been wounded and scarred and hurt long enough tell somebody it's time to be healed a multiplicity of wounds in this place. But tell somebody it's time to be healed. I want to read this one scripture and I promise you I'm going to let you sit down all the rest of the day. John the 20th chapter. This is after Jesus had risen showed himself among his apostles but there was one that Thomas said did not believe it was one of the twelve and was not with the disciples when Jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the Lord but he said meaning Thomas unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in, in the house again. And Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came through the door and stood among them and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. On the markings, remember those markings he said? He said, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Thomas, I need you to stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. Can I see the hand of somebody who has not seen, but yet you still believe? Tell somebody beside you, I haven't seen it yet, but I still believe. I want to use, just for a topic for the next couple of minutes, right here, what Thomas is saying, I won't believe unless I see the nail markings. We're going to use for the sake of discussion, we're going to call them scars, okay? I'm going to use for a topic, my beautiful scars. Tell somebody, your scars are beautiful. You have to understand, people of God. And you, this, this, this tell everybody around, your scars say, my beautiful scars. Beautiful, my beautiful. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm about to get going. Y'all about to be staying on me the whole time. Tell somebody, my beautiful scars. People of God, scars are normally not known as something beautiful. Usually, people try to put a, put some put some put some makeup on it or get as much cocoa butter as you can to get it to fade and all kind of things. But to Thomas. He needed to see some scars. I want you to stay with me. He said, Pastor, what does this got to do with healing for the family? 
many know that we've been wounded? But where the devil has been defeating us as a people is that we have stayed at the wounded place. And as much as you hate to see a scar, I got a scar right here on the back of my leg. I remember I was about six years old, me and my uh, my cousin right above me, Christy, we were playing in my granddaddy's backyard. And Aunt Lois, you remember the little chicken wire fence used to be over there to the right? We tried to shortcut and try to climb over it. And that old metal thing that got the little, the little chicken wire, it scratched me. I got, I, I got a scar right there. That, that had to be 35 years ago, but I remember it. I remember it by the scar. Scars are memories. And even emotional and spiritual scars. And I know you may have a scar. I got a scar right here where I was playing, playing at home with my brother. We were playing volleyball with the balloon. And here I am diving after it like I'm at the Olympics trying, trying to do all that. Hit smack dab into the corner of a table. Split my head wide open. My kids asked me, Daddy, why you got that little indention right there? And I... Because you know what? Everybody's scar has a story. Every scar has a story. Whether it's on your flesh, you can remember what, I was doing this and this happened, or I was careless that this happened, or I reached out tried to catch this, or, or whether it's some, or whether it's from the divorce, or whether it's whether it's from the betrayal, or whether your spouse uh, uh, stepped out on you and betrayed your trust. Everybody's scar has a story. Whether, whether it was a loved one that left you and you put your faith in God that God was going to heal them and raise them up and it was still God's ultimate will to take them home and as much as you believe God some of you got a little distrust in God because you felt like he failed you every scar has a story and so I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes of how we can get from being wounded to being healed because God told me that there people be people in this room that even from family members and things that have happened thing that you have you have tried to let time heal our wounds but that is a lie time makes you forget a little bit but as soon as something fresh happens the freshness of that wound opens right back up but God desires for us to be healed and whole but let me tell you something, people of God, that does not mean you're going to be absent of a scar. As a matter of fact, the presence of a scar is testament that healing has taken place. See, in Joshua, God told Joshua when they were crossing over, he told them to take some stones, some smooth, small stones, so that they will be a memorial. So, so that when your children's children ask what mean these stones, it reminds them to tell how God brought us over. When there was no way, God separated and we walked over on dry land. God desires through your scars, not for something to you to be shame of, but for something to be a memorial and a testimony that I once was wounded in this place. But guess what? I opened myself up to God and I let him heal me. And today you see the scar. It no longer hurts anymore. I can touch it and it's no longer tender. You know some of us that have surgery, we've got the markings of a painful process that I had to subject myself to this pain in order to still live that I've got to lay down I've got to submit myself see surgery is something that means you lay down and put an IV in and you submit yourself don't even know if you in the world putting your faith in the process that I may have to do some rehab. I may have to go on a liquid diet for a long while. I mean, but at the end of this process, 
I may have a scar, but it's going to be worth it. Anybody determined that my scars are going to be worth it? I may have all kinds of markings on me. They tell a story, but tell somebody it's going to be worth it. Here's one thing we have to do, people of God. Might be a little bit of recap. But one thing we have to be honest with, that wounds are real. Anybody that's note-taking, I want you to write that down. Wounds are real. Let me tell you something. The wounds that you don't see are more real than the ones that you see. If the Bible declares that the word of God is sharper than two any, two, any, any two-edged sword, cutting asunder the bone from the marrow, y'all. I mean, that's cutting. Think about it. If we're made in God's image, and if his words can do that, what do you think about your words? There have been things that people have spoken to us whether it was in our youth, whether it was through a failed marriage, whether it was through disappointment of siblings, whether it was envy, whether it was strife, there were words, and if we be honest, those words cut us to the soul. And we're still wounded. We're in church, can we be honest? Is anybody that's wounded by words? Wounded by the responses of people. You thought they would have more concern. You thought they would care. It may have been the words that you trusted to somebody else and they betrayed you and told somebody else. The Bible even said that Jesus was wounded in the house of his friends. It wasn't mean that he was physically cut. Oh, we know eventually he'd be cut and wounded on the cross, but he was cut in his spirit. Jesus' feelings were literally hurt, y'all. You have to understand he was all God and he was all man at the same time. The duality of Jesus Christ. That he walked among flesh and he, he, he felt the same pains. The word of God said that Jesus wept when he, when, 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 he, when he showed up to the tomb of Lazarus. That means Jesus had feelings. He was touched by the feeling of our infirmities. The Bible calls him a kinsman redeemer. Meaning that the only way he could redeem us is if he felt the same pains that we felt. He's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. But we must... A doctor cannot prescribe cure unless he identifies what's wrong. And the blood work is what the blood work says. The scan is what the scan says. And a proper doctor cannot administer prescription, a plan to attack disease, Unless we identify the truth. And it's important, people of God, and I want you to listen to me closely, that we must be in a state of honesty and we must admit that we've been wounded. Ignoring it does not make it go away. The words hurt you. You may have been a black sheep of the family. Mom and I may have favored somebody else. We're on Father's Day and people are reminiscing today. Somebody may have, daddy may have walked out and you're feeling the abandonment. Mom and daddy may have divorced and you put it on you. Like what did I do to make grown people not get together? That's not your fault. Some of you, you may put trust in betrayed your trust, may have done something improper, molested you, all kinds of things. But God said there was a healing today. And one thing I know, people of God, is that if we don't gloss, if we don't take care and address the wounds, not in the Bible, but it's sure enough truth, Hurt people, hurt people. 
I've seen parents treat their children bad because it was done to them. Like it's a rite of passage. When the fact of the matter is, if you went through that hurt, why would you want to inflict it on somebody else? You know why? Because hurt people hurt people. And it's time for us to start breaking the cycle. That's why you see in families. But see, God, see, God commanded that, that, that blessings be multiplied through generations. The devil understands that curses and dysfunction multiplies. And so that's why you see families where men can't stay around. Papa always a rolling stone. Or you see women who are loose. Children who got dysfunction. Because the devil understands the, the principle of multiplication. But today we're going to grab hold and take back control of what God has entrusted us with. Amen. We have to stop avoiding. We have to stop avoiding. Some of us have identified things, but we don't want to confront them. The word of God said we must be peacemakers. Somebody say peacemaker. Not peacekeeper. We must be a peacemaker. And sometime to make peace, people of God, you're going to have to confront people. I know it's not easy. But how bad do you want your scar? See, a scar is something people usually don't want. But a scar is a testament that our place has been healed. So a scar is the fruit of healing. Ask somebody beside you, how bad do you want a scar? Because here, let's, let, let's, already, let, let's already agree on this. We're wounded already. But our objective is to get a scar. Because if I get a scar, I got a testimony that it once hurt me. It once was oozing. It once was on a borderline of being infected, but God, through his miraculous power, because I allowed him in, he healed me. Don't hold on to your wounds. Our objective is to get a scar. And I know it sounds crazy, but you're wounded already. Why don't you go and get a scar? Tell somebody, I'm going to get my scar today. The next point I want to leave with you is that scabs are not scars. Tell somebody beside you, scabs are not scars. Scab, a scab is an indication that healing has started. Oh, God. That means, you know, the body is going through its involuntary process and it's, it's, it's you know, the antibodies are rushing to the, to the area and all those things. The body is having a response. But some of us have stopped at the scab phase. See, because when, when the scabbing start, starts, that means that the outside, is, it, that there was an outer shell where protection is, at least the wound is not exposed anymore. Oh. And so we're happy with the fact that the wound is no longer exposed. That nobody, nobody knows about it. That, that it's protected from the elements. That nothing from the outside. But do you not know that scabs can peel off all oh, so easy? The slightest little bump. If the place gets a little too wet, it'll turn mushy and it, 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 it'll, it'll flake off. Anybody ever pulled a scab off too early and the body said, no, 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 it's not time yet. And this portion is for the people who have received incomplete healing. That you sought God long enough just for the, per for the hurting to stop. Oh, just long enough so people can't see. People can't see it. 
because I'm sister such and such and I hold this position. And so, you know, because, because, because I'm Christian, there's got to be an S on my chest. There's got to be a shield when I open up. And so I got to walk around and every time people see me, I got to say, I'm blessed and highly favored. But the devil is a lie. We have to be honest, people of God. And say, God, I got to stay before you. This won't cut me deep. And if I stop at the sky place, Infection is going to set in. I'm going to have a setback. I might lose a limb. God said, I want you to give it all to me. Let me heal you from your scab, please. Scabs are not scars, people of God. And what we want is a scar. We want a testament that, that all the tissue has been healed. Everything from the epidermis and the lower dermis, everything has made its way to the, to the, to the surface. And I've got a said healing has taken place at this spot God is saying you trusted me enough just to make the pain stop but there are still some underlying issues that if you don't address them the wound is going to come back to the top. Somebody say, God, deliver me from my scab, place. No more incomplete healing. We stayed at his feet long enough for the pain to stop. But God says, the sun sets free it's free indeed meaning that there are degrees of freedom <sighs> on the sliding scale of freedom how free are you I told you the other day the other week for things left unsettled. Don't settle for things left unsettled. We took our foot off the pedal. God was here to heal us. God was here to totally deliver us. God was here to totally set us free. And the devil stopped barking just as loud. Y'all know he's a deceiver. He said, if I just get quiet, whew, oh, oh, saints, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know anybody who ever, who ever prayed somebody through deliverance, the devil will try to trick you sometime and just get quiet. Say, oh, no, no, devil, you still there. You trying to deceive me. Well, God said, I want you to stay all the way until I heal everything that hurts. It may mean that I got to go real deep. But when I come out, every disease, every hurt portion. See, proper healing, proper healing takes proper environment. You got to have a sterile environment for proper healing to take place. This is what say. You, you, you got to dress the wound. You got to keep it clean. You got to clean it every so now and then. You got to get let it get a little air every now and then. Meaning you got to expose it sometimes. Meaning you can't carry this burden alone. Sometimes you got to go to a brother or sister and say, I'm wounded in this place. The strong shall bear the infirmities of the weak. And the devil's trying to make us seem like we are Teflon and we're Iron Man and we're Superwoman and we're Wonder Woman and all this stuff. But God said, you're not in this thing alone. But pride goes before a fall. And if you think you're going to carry this thing by yourself, get ready to struggle until you die your last dying breath. But God said, I have made all these things available to you. Sometimes deliverance comes from a hand being laid. Sometimes deliverance comes from telling somebody, look, I've got an issue and I need you to pray me through. I'm still saved, but I need prayer. I'm still Holy Ghost filled, but i got an issue and I need somebody to pray me Somebody say, get here! 
that's available, but you need to get healed. That's the reason you can't keep a job. And that's the reason you can't have no, you have no good relationship because you have need of healing. Sometimes to get healed, you have to submit yourself to healing. Look at our deacon right here. He had to he had to sign some papers and submit himself to that surgery, didn't you? They weren't gonna come. The surgeon was gonna come in here and say, "Hey, hey, come here, come here, Mr. McCormick. Let me cut on you." No, there's some things you had to sign. There's some agreements you had to make. They had to tell you what you weight. So there's anesthesiology. You gotta submit yourself. Some of us have been trying to handle it on our own. We don't have a pain problem. We got a submission problem. And you can't get healed until you lay it down. You're going to have to be vulnerable. Sometimes you may have to leave the healing in other people's hands. Whoa. When somebody goes to surgery, I just present my body. Oh, no, that'll preach right there. I just present my body. But the healing, the initiation of healing, it is the hands of somebody that I barely even know. We can put faith in the hands of a doctor, but we won't put, put our faith in the hands of God to heal the hurt. Tell somebody, let them heal you. Last two things I'm going to share with you. That hopefully I've been compelling today. I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to school to be a lawyer. But I think this is a more noble cause to argue on behalf of the kingdom of God. But I want to convince you today. Doesn't mean you're in sin. But we have need of healing. If Jesus was wounded, and he needed a time of refreshing to heal, then who are you? But today is decision time. Whenever a word meets you like it meets you today, there are no option C's. I'm a fan of the Matrix. And I love how when Neo met Morpheus, he held his hand open. He said, red pill or blue pill? And he told him the consequences of each. We love options C, D, and E. Going all the way down to Z. But tell somebody, it's decision time. I believe in John, the fifth chapter, Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda and he meets a man who was surrounded by, a, they were at a pool with five porches. And around him laid a great number of impotent folk. Meaning people impotent, meaning their inability to produce. Knowing the man's issue, Jesus came directly up to the man. And he said, do you want to be made whole? Wilt thou? Whichever word translation you want to do it. But, and immediately the man started offering an excuse. He said, I would. You have to understand they were at that pool and every now and then the angel would come. He would trouble the water and the first ones to get into the water, those are the ones who would be healed. Sounds like many of us. If I just hang around church. If I do the religious things, I do a couple Christian posts on Facebook and Instagram every now and then. If I just hang around, eventually something will jump off on me. Well, Jesus challenged him. Man, don't worry about one of my employee angels coming down. God himself is standing in front of you. 
And so it, it, was, it, it was a rhetorical question. Not, not can you be made whole? Do you have the will to be whole? It's the last thing I want to leave with you. I want to talk about your will. We talked about Tuesday, the war of wills. And we were talking about war of wills between family members and things of that nature. But God has given us all a will. The Bible said, I wish above all, that's his will, that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Am I in the Bible? But if God has a will, he's given us free will. That's how we worship him. We worship him through our free will. That's what the tree in the garden was about. It was about Adam and Eve choosing to obey God. If it was that, we'd be like robots, and that wouldn't be true love, adoration, and worship. And so he asked and challenged this man at the pool of Bethesda, an unnamed man, which means it can apply to all of us. Will you be made whole? And he immediately began to make excuses. I believe that God is asking us today, do you have the will to be made whole? Because once I heal you, your excuses are gone. He didn't, see, some people Jesus asked, do you believe I can do this? He asked a man about his will. Hmm. Because see, once you're healed, you can no longer lay on that mat and beg for arms. When people see you, you that you no longer gonna have pity. And the last thing I want to challenge you about is what I call the franchise of pain. See, many of us we've been hurt. Showed up hurt. I mean, justifiably hurt. And God has come to us and we've heard the word time and time over and we felt God come to take away hurts and pains and, and wounds of those things. But we've built our life. We've made a franchise around our wounds. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tony? Well, this is just the way I am because... I'm never really going to trust anybody like I used to because. You know, I go so far with people, but honey, every time I do it, people's... And what you've done, you've done like McDonald's. This area of your life is ruled by this hurt. This area is because of this. I don't trust people because of this. I'm never going to step out and take a risk because of this. And next thing you know, you look around, you've built a whole franchise that is an incubator that keeps your womb open and fresh. And Jesus was challenging this man at the pool of Bethesda. He's saying, I can heal you. But just know that when I do it, all excuses are gone. And so that's the challenge. I know everything I told you before, it made you real excited. And it made you like, yes, yes, I want to be healed. Thank you, Lord. Those people hurt me. Yeah, 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 rah, 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 all that good stuff. But once you're healed, see, our objective a lot of time is to get the prize. But nobody plans for after you get the prize. That's the reason people that win the lottery, 90% of them end up in ruins and their life is worse off than before they got the money because their life was not prepared for the prize. And so I want us today to dwell on the fact that we must plan for after the healing. How many of you want to be healed? Let me see your hand.
our prayer should be, God, let me build my life so that I can handle the healing. Everybody stand. Let's lift our hands as we begin to worship him in this place. There are a multitude of scars and issues in this room. But I want you right now to begin to dwell on the last thing that I call your trophy. What is your trophy? Your trophy is your scar. Your beautiful, beautiful scar. Why do we call it a beautiful scar? Because it's a testament of this is where I was hurting. This is where life wounded me. This is where the lie was told on me. This is where I was betrayed. In a place of pain, and a place of anguish, is now a place that I call beautiful. Come on, you may not understand it, but just begin to thank God. Say, thank God for healing me. Come on, confess the wounds to him. Confess your wounds, whether it's through something somebody did to you. Come on, begin to forgive them. Come on, lift that voice. Lift that voice, Zion. Lift it, lift it, lift it, lift it. right now, Lord, that you are healing every scar. I thank you, Lord. Right now, I want you to just begin to confess to the Lord. That's what he said. I want confession. He said, confession is good for the soul. It brings things to reality. Come on, you don't have to tell anybody, but just in your private time right now, confess to the Lord the things that have wounded you. Come on, come on. Begin to open your mouth and talk to him. That's it. That's it. Everybody's released. Come on, if you're working on the floor, I need you healed. I need you healed more than I need you working. You can watch as well as pray, but I need you healed more than I need you working. We've got a work to do for this world. I need you healed. Come on, confess those things to the Lord. Come on, come on, confess those things. I don't care how long ago they are. It's scabbed over and it's not healed. right now we thank you right now that healing is about to flow in this place God God we submit our wounds to you God we submit our wounds to you God God you are going into the deepest places God we thank you right now God that those places of hurt and anguish those places of disappointment God we thank you right now that you are pulling up by the root God those places that hurt us, God. The abandonment and the, and, the betray, and the betrayal and the mistrust, God. We thank you right now, Lord, that you are reaching into those places, God. And you are giving us healing. We thank you, Lord, that you're giving us beautiful ashes. Lord, we submit ourselves to you, God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Reach out.
need healing in this place. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Surrender. Surrender. Come on, don't, don't feel afraid if you feel a weeping coming out of you. Because God is cleaning us out. That's it. If you want to come to the altar, the altar is open. you do in your wounds. It was you that had got afflicted. It was you that was betrayed. It was you that was lied to. It was you that was spit upon. It was you that was called the black sheep. Now is the time to get your healing. Come on somebody begin to worship him in this room. He wants to give you beautiful scars. Kid. You family, come on over. Amen. I want y'all to see the power and the numbers of what we have the ability to do, y'all. This is beautiful. Look at this. Look at this. we get on one accord that we cannot be stopped that no devil no disease no curse can stop when God's people get all on one accord look at this look at this look God is already starting to do a work everybody touching somebody. If you don't have no family member, get with somebody who else don't have any family member. Say, we're going to be family together. I want you to tell everybody in your circle. I want you to tell them with earnest. Tell them I love you. Come on, tell them I love you. Go on down the road. Go on down the road. Come on, Evie. We got a big cluster up here. Come on, tell them I love you. I love you. I love you. I forgive you. Tell him I forgive you. Tell him I love you and I forgive you. Come on, tell him I love you and I forgive you. Come on. And tell him, tell him, and tell him this. Tell him I release you from what you did. Come on, y'all keep telling them. Y'all don't understand. Healing is already taking place. Tell them, tell them, tell them again. Tell them, I love you. I forgive you. And I release you from what you did. your back. Say from now on, I'm in your corner. Say we may make, say we may make each other mad. We may get upset. Say but there is nothing you could ever do to stop me from loving you. We might get in a fight. We might not talk for a week. But at the end of the day, love is going to bring me back to you. You hear me? There is nothing that anybody can do up here that can ever make me. Y'all blood of my blood, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And it stops today. Too much glory in this family. 
church anointing in this family. It ain't for no superstars. It ain't for just me. It ain't for just for my mama to be this. No, there is glory that should be multiplied in every last person. And I was talking to my family. What are you saying to yours? Right now, start talking to your own family. You know why? Because there's a specific anointing for your family. Come on, come on. Somebody say something amongst yourselves. Come on, y'all talk to each other. Tell them you love each other. Tell them, tell them what they're going to be. Come on, talk to each other. We done took baths together. We done changed each other's diaper. Lord knows we can talk to each other. Come on, talk to each other. Speak life. Speak life. We always wounded each other. Speak some life into them. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.